Hi everyone, welcome to another episode of Unapologetically Anxious Me, Confessions of a Haitian Girl. I'm your host, Joe, and this is actually a pretty cool conversation that took place randomly between me and two new friends um, that I just met. We were in the car and it was just one of those conversations where we were really vibing and so I had to take you along on the journey. So sit back, let me know how you enjoy it correction it's not two new friends it's actually one new friend but you get the point anyways back to the conversation and today we have some special guests with us <laughs> hello hi who are we hi. um so hi my name is Haley. i'm a junior at college and i don't know what else Whatever you want to say about yourself. Yeah, I'm originally from Jamaica and Belize, which is, I think, interesting through this conversation especially. Yeah. Um, and then, yeah, I've known Maria for a really long time, and I just met Joe today. Nice to um, meet you. It's nice to meet you as well. And, yeah, it was a really great conversation. Hope yeah. you guys enjoyed it. Cool. What's your zodiac sign? I'm a Virgo. <laughs> That's why I, yeah. I felt it. I was, I was thinking that I, was, I, I am a Virgo. I was thinking. Yeah, I always like other. Virgos. I was thinking it earlier when we were in the car. I was like, I feel like she's a Virgo. Mm-hmm. I, I feel it, yeah. like especially the way we talk. It was like I'm feeling it. I'm feeling yeah. the Virgo vibes. Um, I don't know how I ended up friends with Diana because I never get along with Gemini's. <laughs> I'm a Gemini. Yeah. yeah. And you it's the journey for me. Um. My name is Mariana. Mm-hmm. It's Mariana. She's a regular. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But friend of the show. <laughs> I think. Friend of the show. Yes. Friend I like that. Show, yeah. But I think this was my favorite episode to be in so far. Awesome. Yeah, this is actually um, my first time having like all black women mm-hmm. and. We're just having a conversation. Um, Mariana, do you want to say like what your background is? I don't know if we've oh, ever yeah. talked about it on so, any other episode. Yeah. So I'm Brazilian. Um, my dad is black, and my mom is could be percent of like mixed. Mm-hmm. And yeah. Yeah. So um, I think that that's really interesting to be able to have a conversation with um, black women and talk about black women living in white commu- predominantly white communities, which mm-hmm. is kind of the conversation we started getting into earlier. Um, so, I lived really bad experiences here, but she lived worse. No. <laughs> like, this place is unreal. I cannot imagine it, because I honestly, that's like my, one of my biggest fears is like, living in ra- just a deeply racist place mm-hmm. just makes me, oh, but I mean, you live in Chicago. What, like, what is Chicago? The thing is, like, oh no, I don't live in Chicago. I live in Lake Forest. Lake Forest. Now, Lake Forest okay. is a bougie, rich, white neighborhood. I'm mm-hmm. talking like 
Lululemon is one of the only stores. Oh, Jesus. And it's right next to Starbucks. Okay. Down the street from the most expensive fucking grocery store in all of Illinois. So you're probably experiencing some of... The thing is, it's what never really that I'm direct. experiencing. It's never that Because it wasn't very direct in Alexandria. It was no. never very direct. Like, there was outright racism in, in certain situations, but nobody ever outwardly like wants to come out and say things to mm-hmm. you had i ha- did i have situations like that yes mm-hmm. but they are very rare and far between but like most of the situations were microaggressions that like just build up where you're just like who says stuff like that um, but on the time of like interpersonal things like there's a lot of weird shit people say yeah sometimes it makes you like and you're like I don't even know how to say that to you. I don't know how to tell you this. This is the last time we're speaking. Like, I don't know how to tell you this right now. But you will yep, never see I'm me again. I'm going to politely <laughs> nod through this conversation. And just be like, you are not going to be part of my life. No. Because I don't know how to tell you. Because like, people will be like, oh my God, we haven't spoken in forever. I'm like, yeah. It's almost like things were thought... I thought about things that way. Like, that's how... It's always like... That is... Or to them to be this way. Honestly, like, when I look back at my... A lot of my experiences when I was living in Alexandria, I always had my group of people that I gravitated towards. However, like, I never... I never found just people who I were... I was always just comfortable with right off the bat I always had to like build those relationships so I had to build that community of of trust of people and and it was never what I was used to at home Mm -hmm. I never found closeness I never found friendship in the way that I really wanted so for every experience that I went into I always had to like go into it with like oh we're gonna we're gonna say something strange is gonna happen probably and nine times out of ten it always did and I had to just be okay with because at the beginning because you know you move to a new place Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. I went into Alexandria very innocently Mm -hmm. I went into it not at all thinking like again like I say this all the time all I knew about Minnesota was Prince and (laughs) and that's it Mm-hmm. That that was that was the extent of my knowledge. So like, I was not going. I was going into it so like naively. Like I did not think at all. Like I was going to be around, you know, bigots. A, bigots. No, and even mm-hmm. and even if it had mm-hmm. crossed my mind at the time, I'm just thinking about Joe in 2015 and the life that I was leading in um, Tampa, Florida, coming from you know, my, my world where I was very comfortable. I had friends of all backgrounds. I I was used to, you know, being in different circles. Like Mm -hmm. I was very comfortable in my skin. I did not think about, you know, me having issues, you know, like, Mm -hmm. you know, people having issues with me or me having issues with other people. And it's funny because we just had a conversation recently about respectability politics. Yeah. Yeah. And your girl had such a fucking wake up call when she realized I am such a product of Mm -hmm. respectability politics because I was raised, you know, 
um, first generation immigrants, you know, from Haiti. And like most of like what I learned was from like TV and books and, you know, so I, I had a very specific aesthetic (laughs) of what I thought, you know, I was supposed to be and what I was supposed to sound like. And I, and my parents also put up this idea of like, you know, this is what you're supposed to act like and do and say, and you know, Mm -hmm. how you're supposed to lead your life and carry yourself in order to be respected and not be discriminated against and not be treated, you know? And I think I very much came into this environment with the naivete of like, this is like a shield. It protects you and, mm-hmm. you know, you're, you're good. Like, you're you're fine. That that was, that, that bubble was very quickly burst and it affected me, affected my family in such a profound way that I was like, wow, like, I, like, there is no level of, like, achievement or anything that you can really get to that's going to take you out of what this skin represents to somebody who sees it as fearful or has some stereotype or bias in their head that's attached to it. And while I might not appear as your as frightening or anything to most people, <laughs> I would hope not. At least. <laughs> you know, like that that is not always the case for someone who's never experienced, you know, life around people of color um, or even people who look like me. And and that was very weird. That was so weird to experience, to be told, like, you know, you're the first person I've met of, you know, or to even have your family kind of used as a token in this way. You know, and and you knew when it was genuine and you knew when it wasn't. Mm -hmm. And and it was this, it was always easier to stay in and to shut down, Mm -hmm. you know. And and it's interesting because now I'm thinking about all these things about how, like, people nowadays, they keep talking about black joy and how Mm -hmm. we're supposed to be experienced. (laughs) Soft life. Mm-hmm. Soft life and black joy. And I'm like, a bitch is angry still. Yeah. <laughs> a bitch yeah. has some trauma that she is um, slowly, like, mm-hmm. you know, coming out of. And I think it's been in the last year, me really um, pulling out of it and just being here in, in the space here with you, you two, and be, knowing that I'm in a safe space and knowing that I'm with black women who I can share my experiences with and you're not looking at me like what yeah. you know like that is comforting and a whole, on a whole nother level and it's something that I that is rare for me and has become rare for me because of where I've been in the last seven years and and I didn't realize how um, like that concept of black joy is actually a privilege for a Mm -hmm. lot of people Mm -hmm. you know and so I see it and I'm like I want that like like I want to run through fields and frolic (laughs) like I want to frolic I'm not frolicking yet like life is hard and 
and it's not been easy being in an area where you're constantly, you know, questioning who you are. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like it's like, for me, it was moving to the U.S. in general, or like moving to the Netherlands as well. I think I've talked about it tonight, and I like, um, just the feeling of coming from a very black country and my my whole life living there, like my whole life being among black people, predominantly in black spaces, like, you know, these things were never a problem for me before, you know? I mean, there's, there's colorism and there's slight internalized racism. There's a lot of internalized racism, but it's so different. It's so different. You cannot imagine. It's a completely (laughs) different place. I'm like... A mindset that's so different. It's so different. I feel like... I never experienced racism the way I experienced no, it so here. True. Yeah. Because right, here it's, it feels like a constant pressing thing yeah. on your day, on your life. Like I, you're seeing people and you're wondering, it's so, are they racist too? Yeah. Do they yeah. hate me? Yeah. Yeah. You keep asking yourself that question. Like there's so many times. And that's, I think what's harder, I would rather see it come out up front. And yeah. just be like. You know, this, like, I'd rather you, I, I'm, I respect the bigot that is <laughs> in your face wearing the whatever and shouting it out because I know where I stand with you mm-hmm. immediately. Yeah. I don't have to choose sides. What hurts the most, and I've had so many of these, oh, you're not, I'm not going to get them all. <laughs> like, I've had so many of these situations where, like, I will get really close to someone and build, like, a friendship with them. And you think that, like, this person loves you. You're letting them into your life. You're letting them into your heart, your family, your kids. And then all of a sudden, shit goes left and they say or do something really hurtful. Or they show their real selves in terms of, like, how they feel or where they stand on something. And it's not even, and it's not even something like, you know, what's in the news or, mm-hmm. you know, it's something real personal to you. And this has happened to me again and again. And, and, and it, and it hurts. It's, it's so, so hurtful. And, and I hate to say that, like, it, it it's just, but this is my lived experience, but it has only been with white people and, and it, and it makes you feel like, is, is this always going to be a barrier between us? Will I ever be able to be truly me where you can just understand me from the jump? Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, like, like no bullshit, like where you just, you feel me like, from the jump like you understand my experiences and you see me as a human first and I don't have to like break down be bleeding from the head Mm -hmm. I don't have to be at Mm -hmm. my lowest lowest for you to respect me or for you to see that like I'm hurting Mm -hmm. and I feel like that's the only time that people wake up or that they see if they even see that at all and that's fucked up. Yeah. And that's fucked up. And that shit has made me hella fucking jaded. Like, in like my quest to get my family to a place where 
they do experience black joy on the regular where they see black culture where they see black love and it's celebrated and it's infinite around them like is it's all I want in life right now and it means so so much to me right now because I've seen them go through so much and I've seen the effects of what this environment has had you know and just going back home to Florida recently and visiting my family and experiencing just a taste of what we've been missing you know has made me long for that so just being here in this moment and having a second of that is healing so thank you for that (laughs) I just it's just so different. It's just, it's really, it's I feel like I'm in a whole different space because back home, like, people are all different ways. Mm-hmm. Like, it's not to say there was racism. There was. But it was not on the level that is here. Mm-hmm. It was not. And it's... it's it's just so painful to see. Think about I feel it like here. from a personal level, like not like just like from the deepest out of your heart. Like that should be heartbreaking for anyone. Mm-hmm. But it's not for some people somehow. Yeah. And that's like so, so hard to see. Like how can you be like that? Mm-hmm. No, I think it's that. For, and people are like that here. For me, it's that it feels like even if it's not intense, even if it's not over an extreme, and even without the extremism uh, that's taking over the U.S. right now, and, like, it gets like this because it's just so embedded. It's, like, so ingrained in how you live your life Mm -hmm. day to fucking day. It unnerves me how, like, easy it is that for people to just completely have so much cognitive dissonance just disassociate from a whole group of people. Just, like... Yeah. Eyes wide shut, like, you know? That's the thing, it's like, you can see it, like, they just don't look at something. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, it's easier to see it as just, like, this thing, this mass, this mm-hmm. population, mm-hmm. and remove the humanity from it, completely separate it. And it's like, yo, you realize, like, like, that's flesh and blood over there, right? Mm-hmm. Like, y'all talking about it, like, like mm-hmm. it's some, like termite problem that Mm -hmm. you need to get rid of like Mm -hmm. like we're (laughs) this isn't the like this is human people we're still talking about and regardless if you don't understand their lives and their experiences it's not for you to understand and judge and decide whether they should be here or not Mm -hmm. and that's my very like that's the part Mm -hmm. that kills me it's the it's the well i'm better than you and and the i'm i deserve to to be up here and so whatever you're going through it doesn't matter cuz at the end of the day i'm privileged and so i'm going to treat you the way you deserve to be treated because you're still here let me remind you cuz i'm always privileged <laughs> And that will never change, no matter where you go or how far you get. Just kind of picking up from where we left off before, I think we, we talked a lot about Black Joy and how that kind of interferes with 
our lives on a day-to-day basis and just being in these environments where we don't really get a lot of opportunities to really experience black joy fully in the way that I think a lot of people living in other areas get to experience black joy and be unapologetically black. Mm-hmm. How do you two feel about that? I feel like it's nice for me because I live in like a little bubble and like there's black people in those bubbles. Mm-hmm. Um, but I feel like I'm not really, I don't know, I'm really scared about what happens after college. Mm-hmm. Like where is the black joy going to be? Where is it going to come from? Because mm-hmm. um, so You I get to curate your black joy thing, right yeah. now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and like I don't think that's gonna be a possibility in the future. I mean, there are tons of black people where I'm like where I'm currently based, like in the Chicago area. Um, but I just don't feel like I meet any of them like when I'm out and about and like doing regular things. Like mm-hmm. besides like my current job at a school that is predominantly black, mm-hmm. um, I don't really see a lot of black people in like my day to day life in general. In like going to school and stuff like that, even right. Yeah, so I feel like it's gonna be interesting where I find it next. Yeah. yeah. What does black joy mean to you? (laughs) I feel like it means being comfortable, like, in my own skin and knowing that the space that I am is mine, that I own it, Mm -hmm. that no one's going to take it from me, you know? Um, No one gave it to me. I... That's mine. Like, mm-hmm. it was there from the... It's my birthright. It mm-hmm. was there from the beginning. Like, you shouldn't be asking why, you know? Mm-hmm. And... To have the right to exist. Mm-hmm. And... Without question. Without, without question. Without repercussion. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think it's like... It's both like, you know, black joy is every time you're happy, right? It's like yeah. that too. It's those mm-hmm. simple things. Like, simple. just a little pleasure. Yeah. Um... But overall, like, I think it's, like, this, it's something you're always in pursuit of, especially mm-hmm. when you're surrounded by white supremacy, especially, like, you know, yeah. when you're, it's when so you can feel it on you, yes. on you, yes. that joy is so special to have and, like, to curate spaces for that. Yeah. It's so important. Like, and to me, I, yeah, I don't know what I would, what I would do if I didn't have spaces for black joy. Like, even when I moved, like, when we were in the Netherlands, like, yeah. I still had people, I still had black people around me. Um, it was important to have this connection. Yeah, and like even though we weren't super close. <laughs> no, yeah, that's why I think it's it's, that's why like, our friendship kept coming back around. I feel like it's yeah, like, there are always these moments where we were angry about the same thing, just mm-hmm. at the same time. Yeah, we have like there's these conversations that made me realize like okay, yeah, this is like this is also the planning and the plotting and the yeah. the work of it all is also like kind of where I find my joy often is like just doing the good work is. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I I get that. Um, For me, black joy is being able to take up space and be able to be unfiltered and say what I want to say and to be able to present first as myself and seen as myself and be joyful and happy and just... I, like, I, I love this whole new trend that you're seeing online where, like, black men are, like, frolicking through their fields <laughs> on TikTok. I think, yeah. I, I mean, I think women deserve to frolic through the fields, too. <laughs> like, everyone deserves to frolic through the fields, um, regardless of your gender. I think I, I particularly right now in the pl- place that I am in my life, 
Um, mental health is something that we focus on a lot on this podcast. And I think black joy is something that I, I'm craving a lot. I'm, I'm cert- in search of it. I'm in pursuit of it, as you said earlier. And like, it, it, I think in particularly, especially in the last few years, um, with everything that's happened, I think like in our society and seeing how mm-hmm. white supremacy is just become this just growing demon that's like bringing its ugly head it's just it's just there now Mm -hmm. like it's just there and it's and it's alive and it's and we're having to deal with it on a more egregious level every day and so it's there's very little room to breathe there's very little room to take a pause and to walk away from those um, moments without feeling you know like you're always having to be in that fight or flight mode as a person of color especially as a black person um, and I think that is a very unique experience I think for black people right now and I think that that's why like having spaces like this where you feel space mm-hmm. to feel safe to like talk to your friends or talk to your girls or connect mm-hmm. with other black women and black men or non-binary people, LGBTQ, everyone like giving, just having that space to connect with other black folks um, where you get to just speak your truth. Um, mm-hmm. And that's something that I'm doing with the check-ins um with joe and that's why i created those spaces is because i want people to be able to realize that you know black people have other there's so many layers to Mm us um and not just black people but people in general um but i i specifically wanted to show myself as a black woman who have experienced so many different forms of discrimination as a Haitian woman, as a black woman, as a um, bisexual woman, um, you know, just all these different things that I have had true lived experiences in. And for me, I can only speak from those lived experiences and from those platforms. And so I know that in speaking my truth, I've given, I've given space to other people to open up and speak their truth. And I know that there's so much to be learned in doing that. So that's why I think it's so important to continue to be vulnerable and talk about even the parts that hurt, because it's so important to show that like, while we would all love to be hashtagging black girl magic and you know, black excellence, because there's there, there's a little, there's some problematicness in those, mm-hmm. on all that, to. you know, because there's some toxic positivity, there's some capitalism, you know, mm-hmm. built into those hashtags, well, respectability mm-hmm. politics, you know, Ooh, and good. we're all conditioned, you mm-hmm. know, in a way, especially as black people, to, there's a pressure, you know, all around us, and, you know, in a way we're always code switching we're always and whether we want to or not we just do it naturally because it's survival at mm-hmm. this point and and it'd be nice to find more spaces where we don't have to be on guard at all times and have that barrier up where maybe we can have more allyship 
But like I was saying, these conversations are really important to me. And I think that these conversations need to continue to happen. And thank you for giving me an opportunity to have this sisterhood and experience some black joy. You know, Mm -hmm. um, even if it's in the form of sharing, of, you know, being vulnerable, for me, that works um, because I don't like to leave my house. And so this works out for me. But um, it was great talking to you guys. So thank you for stopping by if you connected with this. I hope that you continue to experience these conversations and take them outside of this and bring in your friends and share with us on Instagram as well on Facebook. Until next time, bye!